Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Cortellinish podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Zach Lowy, here today with a very special guest, Andre Viegas Simoish, uh, who is the creator of the Real Fever Scout uh, account on Twitter, which you can follow. Um, Andre, how are you doing today? And tell us a little bit about your account, because it's kind of interesting, especially for those of you uh, listening who are interested in playing fantasy football. Hi, Zach. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for the invitation. So um, I, I'm a, a fan of fantasy football for like uh, since 2008, I play fantasy Premier League. And when Real Fever came with the, the Portuguese league, uh, I was one of the, the beta testers uh, when they released the game. And it was very cool. Um, and since last year, I, I decided um, I, I like fantasy football, so, so why won't, won't, won't I write and, and show some of my knowledge to, to other players? So that's that's how it started. I like uh, a lot of the use of of data. So my my page is mainly focused on on data. I don't want to to give like tips just for for giving. And so my, my posts are always with um, that kind of information, and people can can uh, send me private messages if they want to, to get a specific player that I, I don't uh, um, post or, or something. Andre, you're clearly uh, from Portugal. Um, what, I'm curious, what part of Portugal are you from? And uh, also, what, uh, what, what team do you support? I'm, I live in Amadora, which is next to, to Lisbon. And I, I support sporting. Really? Yeah. Very interesting because precisely I want to I want to start with sporting. They've had an interesting few weeks under Ruben Amorim. Um, you know, let's take a look back at their start uh, to the their their return from international break. So September thirtieth, they begin the league's action with a three-one win uh, against Gil Vicente. Overall, very strong performance from several players, including Hida Masamorita, who grabbed a goal and an assist. Japanese midfielder brought in from Santa Clara uh, with the mission of not only replacing João Paulinha, but eventually Mateus Nunes as well. He's been, uh, he has been one of the first names on Ruben Amorim's team sheet since his arrival, becoming a real regular in that double pivot alongside Uruguayan midfielder uh, Manuel Ugarte. I want to talk a little bit about this player, Morito. You know, clearly he made a name for himself in the Azores with Santa Clara, but he has transitioned very well uh, to life in Lisbon. And uh, I'm curious, how do you think he has done for your beloved sporting? Uh, I like that you you mentioned uh, Mateus Nunes. Because the, this match against Gil Vicente was probably one of the, the displays from Morita that were um, much more similar to what Mateus Nunes did back in, in sporting. Morita was very vertical, lots of movement up, up the field, 
lots of, of um, touches, uh, special touches like like the the assist he made to to pot with a, a back heel pass. That was um, something very different, and that Sporting was lacking without Mateus Nunes. I think that the the double pivot with uh, Ugart, it's probably much different than it was from Matheus Nunes and Palinha because Palinha gets you more of a, an aerial threat uh, in, um, it's, uh, it's more a player, more physical. Ugarte, it's like more tackle and pass, tackle and pass. It's much different in that sense. And I think it's like more uh, a powerhouse both going up and down than a bit different from the, the previous midfield. Would you say would you say that Ugarte was the long-term Paulinha replacement, obviously brought a year in advance, whereas Morita was more than Theus replacement? Yeah, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Ugarte was uh, was not cheap. And uh, of course he, he had to to adapt and probably I'm not sure, but uh, Paulinha gave much to to sporting and probably the the directors just to let him go to experience the Premier League because it's the dream of every player. So this was something that was being prepared for sure. Absolutely, sporting after beating Gil Vicente, still just seventh in the Primera Liga with thirteen points. They are doing fairly better in the Champions League, though, uh, although that has changed as of this week. Sporting starting their Champions League campaign with victories against Eintracht Frankfurt and Tottenham, both of which saw them keep clean sheets. Uh, their l- most recent Champions League match, however, got off to a fantastic start. Francisco Trincao opening the scoring early on, and yet a hat-trick of errors from Antonio Adan, including a sending off, would see Marseille progress with a 4-1 win. A bit harsh for Sporting, but that's football. I I will say, though, this was, I think, the worst goalkeeping performance I have ever seen. Uh, You saw three massive errors, one of which, you know, coming off his line, getting a uh, deserved sending off for a handball, another which very poor distribution into Matteo Guendouzi, which resulted uh, in a goal. And, of course, trying to think that he was uh, Aetherson from Manchester City and doing trying to do a pirouette obviously did not work with uh, Alexis Sanchez scoring. Talk to me a little bit about Adan, because, you know, jo- he joined from... Uh, Atletico Madrid on a free transfer in 2020 and I think was probably the best goalkeeper in the league that season if if not one of the best uh, was absolutely massive in Sporting's title win so I don't want people to you know look at this comedy of errors and think he's a terrible goalkeeper from what I have seen of Adan uh, both in Spain and Portugal he is anything but that Uh, but I'm curious you know you've got Franco Israel joining in the summer from Juventus, making his senior debut uh, and in this loss to Marseille at any, at any, for any team, his, his senior debut 
period, had only played for Juventus's U23 side before joining young Uruguayan keeper. will be interesting to see if he gets a start at the weekend. He most certainly uh, will get the start in the return fixture against Marseille. But curious, have you noticed any signs uh, whatsoever of decline in Antonio Adan? Or is this, would you say this is more an exception to the rule? Uh, you know, he is definitely no uh, spring chicken. You know, he is uh, 35 years of age and suffered a uh, knee injury that was reportedly set to keep him out for two months. It was being reported. He made he made his return in a week. I always thought that was a bit strange uh, and wondered if, you know, that may perhaps rushing him back may have uh, debilitated some of his levels. Curious, though, what have you made of Adon the past few months? And do you think Sporting should be uh, needing to look for a goalkeeper soon? That that question of the the injury, I, I found it also very strange because, like you said, they are talking about at least one month out. And uh, he was back uh, in the opening match versus Braga. Um, since that return, in some games, sometimes he's lacking um, a bit of attention, maybe a, a bit of confidence. I think he is is not the same, but I don't know if it's a, a patch of underperformance or, or it's too soon to to see if he, it's really downgrading and. Uh, and falling down in, in his career. Regarding um, a substitute, this was the first professional minutes uh, at senior level from Israel. I saw, I saw some friendly matches in the preseason. I think he is okay. N nothing special, not, nothing special good or not, nothing special bad. Let's see how, how he evolves. He, he, he has to play. Um, the third keeper from Sporting. It's um, a former Ruben Amorim player when he was at uh, Casa Pia. So it's like uh, it's like a, a third keeper just being uh, just to being there. It's not uh, an option. You will always play the last match of the season. So it's not uh, an option for for first team. What we have, it's a um, young prospect in, in the sporting bid, which is Diego Calai. Some people say he's not uh, prepared already, but uh, Rui Patrício wasn't prepared, Dio Costa wasn't prepared. Let's see what next season will bring. For this season, I think Alan will remain and will be the, the first option to Leon. Yeah, I agree with that. It will be interesting to see uh, if he can bounce back at the weekend. Overall, I think that Sporting it showed some very positive signs early on against Marseille. Just got a bit unlucky. Uh, taking on Santa Clara next and then hosting Marseille at the Estadio Jose Albalad. Let's talk about another Portuguese team, though, in the Champions League. I want to talk a little bit about Football Club Porto. Um, last season, Sporting began the Champions League campaign with back-to-back -back defeats to Ajax and Borussia Dortmund. Eventually ended up taking three straight wins 
against Dortmund and Besiktas twice uh, to clinch Champions League qualification with one game remaining. Porto certainly looking to do uh, the exact same. They lost their first two games against Atletico de Madrid and a 4-0 humiliation at home to Club Bruges, uh, taking on Bayer Leverkusen, desperately needed a victory, and they got it. Um, contentious first half, a lot of uh, VAR calls, penalties, penalties being annulled. Um, but Porto taking the lead in the 69th minute from substitute Zaidu Sanusi, who and who provided the assist? Mehdi Taremi. Who else but Mehdi Taremi providing the assist for Wenderson Galeno's goal 17 minutes later uh, for a 2 nothing win. That would also see Jeremy Frimpong sent off for Leverkusen. Mehdi Taremi has had an interesting few weeks. Uh, was sent off in the end of Porto's uh, 2-1 defeat to Atletico in September for simulation. Has gotten a lot of heat for diving, including for myself. Uh, but I think that, at least in, in the recent match against Braga, we are seeing definitely signs of him, uh, you know, using his physicality to his advantage, drawing fouls and not diving, because I do think that referees have caught on. Uh, in, since that sending off, he has grabbed a goal and an assist in a 3-0 win against Chaves, scored a last-minute penalty uh, against... Estoril scored the winning goal in a friendly for Iran against Uruguay, uh, grabbed an assist, and in my opinion, a man of the match performance in a 4-1 win against Braga. I know that uh, Pepe got the man of the match award, but I, I felt that Taremi was better, and a brace of assists. So, look, I know that we we talk a lot about Taremi's dives, and surely you as a sporting fan can really relate to being frustrated but this man is one of the best players in Portugal it's an absolute delight to watch him play and I I think that we have to uh, give him some credit of course of course he's probably he's, for me it's the it's the best striker in in the Portuguese league undoubtedly um, and if you if you saw Porto versus Braga he was he was in the the other goals not with the assist but with the a assist. He's very intelligent. He have lots of good movements. He knows how to read the game, um, and he passes the ball. He's, he's not only he's not only looking to shoot like for example you you saw last season Darwin Nunes at Benfica. He was always shooting, 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 and can see a, a player in a better position. Taremi, it's much more complete. He he knows what is best. And he, about the diving, I, I don't blame Taremi for for trying to to earn penalties and and some falls. He, he knows he, he has a lot of agility and uh, a good acceleration. He knows that if he gets the first touch on the ball, he gets the fall. So it's intelligence for me. Yeah, and we saw that intelligence put to great use in Porto's recent fixtures, uh, as well as getting Braga goalkeeper Mateus Magalhães sent off for a late challenge. It will be interesting to see how Braga deal with that. 
Overall, what were your thoughts on this game between Porto and Braga? Uh, much needed win for Sergio Conceição side who go level with Braga. First defeat of the season for Braga, who had actually won every single uh, one of their matches apart from their opening day draw against Sporting. 4-1 victory. Uh, fantastic performance from Toremi. But I, I want to talk about the performance in general from Porto. And I want to talk as well about one individual, uh, two individuals who caught my eye ap- apart from Taremi. And I almost like to think of them as in-house replacements. Um, going, going back to the January window, Porto uh, missed out on champions on qualifying to the Champions League round of 16. They were forced to sell their best player in Luis Diaz. And yet they hit another level from that January window because of other players stepping up, whether that was Fabio Vieira, um, uh, Fabio Vieira, Taremi, Eva Nielsen, Vitinha, so many creative players doing their job to uh, to fill that void. And I almost feel like we're, we're seeing a similar uh, run of things at the Estadio de Bergao because when you look at the summer signings, the players that they brought in this summer, uh, David Carmo has been a starter in, in central defense alongside Pepe the past few weeks. Hasn't really convinced, though, has had his fair share of errors. Will be interesting to see if he can get it together and start to gel in the heart of defense. Um, looking at some other signings, Andre Franco, they've brought in from Estoril Praia. He hasn't had that much game time either. Um, alongside you know other players but one two players who have been increasingly important in this team are Steven Ustakio and Pepe so Pepe Brazilian winger signed from Grêmio uh who I think we can conclude is uh perhaps Porto's long-term Luis Diaz replacement becoming more and more important on the counter just cutting teams open forming a really impressive understanding with Meditaremi. Let's talk about Pepe first. What are your thoughts on him and his importance in this Porto side? Yes, something special for a foreign winger. It's his uh, defensive work rate. Sometimes Sergio Conceição even uh, uses Pepe as a, a right wing back. He plays where Sergio wants uh, because of that work rate, uh, of that determination. Um, and of course, he's, he's fast, he has a good dribble, it's a very vertical player, but much more important for Sergio it was, it is what he gives to the team, undoubtedly. And that's what uh, makes uh, some of the, the new signings, like André Franco, uh, taking some time to, to get in the, in the team, because they need to, to work more, work harder, being more defensive, uh, alert for the defensive work. That's very important for Sergio. This this game in special with uh, with Braga for me was probably uh, one of the best first halves from Porto this year. You 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 see you see the team pressing pressuring Braga very high. Braga wasn't able to to counter that pressure from Porto. Braga tried to slow down the tempo of the game, but the pressure was 
was very, very, very high. Yeah, fantastic win for Porto, I must say. Uh, another player, Steven Ustakio, having a fantastic performance with one goal and one assist. Brought in on loan from Passos de Feira in the January window and did not get that much uh, playing time, but has been getting a run of starts in midfield alongside Mateus Uribe. There were a lot of question marks going into the season. You know, who is Porto's Vitinha replacement? They sold uh, Fabio Vieira. They brought in Andre Franco to replace him. Uh, they let Chancel Mbemba go on a free transfer, brought in David Carmo to replace him. Uh, so they also sold Vitor Ferreira, Vitinha, uh, to Paris Saint-Germain, and they didn't sign any central midfielder to replace him. Um, there are a lot of question marks. Who's going to fill that spot? Is it going to be Marco Grujic? Is it going to be Bruno Costa? Right now, Ustakio is probably that closest thing to that creative box-to-box presence that we saw from Vitinha last season. Um, and obviously, he's going to be going away for the World Cup for Canada, who are enjoying their first uh, spell at the big dance in since 1986. Definitely expect him to be a really important part of that Canadian side alongside Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David. Talk to me a little bit about Ustakio. What have you made of his performance this season in the center of the pitch for Porto? I know I know Ustakio for uh, for some years now uh, since he was at Leixões, and Ustakio uh, today is uh, a bit of a different player, probably because of Sergio. <laughs> another time, because now he has. Um, he runs much more. Uh, his area of play is much bigger, and it's not just a player like he was that sits down in the in the in the slot of the defensive midfielder and makes passes uh, from one side to another. Now he's much more complete. He is getting much more uh, near the the opponent's area. And that's why he already scored uh, this season for two or three times, I guess. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Porto's uh, upcoming fixture at Porto Manench. Braga, on the other hand, are taking on Union saint Gilois tomorrow and will be hosting Chaves uh, in the Primera Liga at the weekend. Can they get back to winning ways without their starting goalkeeper? will be very interesting to see what happens uh, so far in the Champions League. This So far in Europe this week, we have seen uh, a win for a Portuguese team, a loss for a Portuguese team, and a draw for a Portuguese team. But a draw that perhaps uh, tasted like a victory to some Benfica supporters. Interesting match between Benfica and PSG at the Estadio da Luz that saw Two of the only uh, teams in Europe who are still undefeated taking on each other, both teams with one draw and the rest uh, victories. Benfica coming off a 0-0 draw at the weekend uh, to um, Vitoria de Guimarães. So a lot of expectations from their supporters on how are they going to respond. Um, Overall, had a very good start to the game. But completely against the run of play, we saw Lionel Messi put up 
uh, put Les Parisiens up one nothing with a fantastic bit of combination uh, with Neymar. Benfica, however, drawing level before the break uh, via an own goal from Danilo Pereira. Looked like it could have been a goal from Gonzalo Ramos, but uh, ultimately decided a own goal from the Portuguese international, who I believe spent some time at Benfica's academy before joining Porto. <laughs> Bit of uh, la, la ley del ex, shall we say. Uh, Enzo Fernandes getting a yellow before halftime. I thought he was pretty lucky to not get sending off, uh, but it is what it is. And Paris Saint-Germain really turned up the heat in the second half, had plenty of opportunities. Benfica really just seemed content to soak up pressure and defend and defend they did securing a 1-1 draw that will see that sees them uh, remain top of their group alongside Paris Saint-Germain 4 points above Juventus and uh 7 points above Maccabi Haifa curious what did you make of this performance from Benfica I think it's a, a very important point they they earn uh, tonight um next match will be much more difficult um and another thing that uh, concerns me is uh, Benfica is is showing signs of of being a bit tired um it's it's not the first match uh, it's not just the match against Vitoria you you saw that uh, too against Vizela um even even against uh, Casa Pia in the beginning of the season Befica Befica's coach uh, Roger Schmidt always use the same starting 11 the, the only player you see some rotation is in the right back position with or Gilberto or Ba and I think sooner or later these will they will get a, a, a loss because of that next match against Huav will be a, a very tough one and it's uh, in between both matches with Paris Saint-Germain tonight's match they they ran like uh, they ran like crazy to to get this this result they it it will be very hard the the, the next two matches for Benfica i think It'd be very interesting to see what happens against Hioav. uh vitoria will take on pastos de Pajera next want to touch up on this performance from vitoria though uh, you know, it's been an interesting season for them, losing their manager, Pepa, nine days before the campaign, uh, have lost two key players in Miguel Maga and Andre Silva due to injury. But keeping Benfica to a clean sheet for the first time under Roger Schmidt, first time without a victory under Roger Schmidt, uh, overall a really competent performance in Guimarães. I actually felt that they were closer to going up one nothing than Benfica were. They had uh, two very good shouts for penalties. I think that uh, there was one with Safaira that was waved off correctly. The other one uh, from Florentino Luis, I, I think that could have been a penalty for sure. I probably would have given it. But uh, yeah, one point for both teams. A lot of young talent in this Vitoria side, such as Andre Amaro in defense, uh, Nelson Luz, Jota Silva, 
One player, though, I want to talk about is the man of the match, and that is Ibrahima Bamba. 20 years of age, born in the Ivory Coast, came over to Italy at a young age, uh, joined Vittoria um, a few years back, and has progressed into a starter. Actually ended up getting a call-up to Italy's uh, 53-man training camp at the end of last season, uh, despite not being a regular for Vittoria. But following the departures of Andre Almeida and Alfa Semedo, has really emerged as a crucial uh, player. And what's interesting is Bamba is not is is a natural defensive midfielder, and yet he was he played in the middle of a back three and did absolutely fantastic. Uh, five clearances three tackles, three interceptions, and at 20 years of age, uh, the world is his oyster. Talk to me a little bit about Bamba. Yeah, that's what you said. He used to play as a defensive midfielder, and now Vittori is playing with a back three, and, and, and um, are you listening? Zach? Yes. Ah, sorry. Um, where, where I was? Ah, so Bamba, Bamba is a, a, def a defensive midfielder. And now that Vittori is playing with um, a back three and Bamba is playing in the, in the position of the central center back. Uh, what we can see from Bamba is that uh, he's very good uh, at being aggressive on the, the player that has the ball. He'd also have a very good positioning and also is good um, on the build-up. That's very important. He knows the timing to, to get back, the timing to, to confront a, a player uh, in between the lines. I think it's, it's probably the... Um, one of the, the main reasons that uh, Benfica couldn't score a, a goal in that match. I would also like to, to talk a little bit of Nelson Deluge and Jota in this match. I don't know why, but Jota was benched for a few matches. Uh, nobody knows why that didn't come to the, to the press, the, the reason why he was benched, he, he was not injured. Um, and they were very important to, to stretch the Benfica's defense because Benfica's defense had to, to pay attention on the counter and they, they could be hurt if the, if the ball uh, got there. One another thing interesting from these matches is that uh, Benfica's first shot was at the minute 42. And it's probably, I think it was just one, one shot. Uh, on target and Benfica didn't have a game with, with just one shot on target for a long, long time. Actually, the first time since April 2021. Yeah. Uh, that is absolutely incredible. So yeah, deserved point for Vitoria. Um, I yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how Benfica react. Um, have a big match midweek coming up, um, and a. Very important match, of course, against Hiuav. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this Hiuav side uh, because I think that out of the out of the three promoted sides, um, Casapia, Hiuav, 
and uh, um, Shavs. I think that Huav, considering the fact that they were only in the second division for one year, perhaps they didn't get as much. They, there wasn't as much excitement. They finished third um, in in the second division, but overall, a very impressive start for them. They are tenth in the league. Uh, have have had some interesting results. Three one win against Porto to close out August, and they got their second win of the season, a one nothing victory against Santa Clara. Um, one thing that was interesting, it was a, uh, the, there's a, the sole goal of the match saw Aziz assist Emmanuel Boateng, two Ghanaian strikers playing up top for Hioav. And it was a Ghanaian-born uh, Togolese international center back, Kennedy Boateng, who got sent off for Santa Clara. Um, Aziz has definitely caught my eye, one of the top scorers in the league, having a very strong start to this campaign. But uh, talk to me a little bit about your impressions for Hioav under Luis Freire. You know, what do you feel have been their biggest strengths so far? I, I like the, I like very much Aziz, but I think the the main force of of Rioav is on the the wing backs, both João Costa, Costinha, and Pedro Amaral. Uh, sometimes Pedro Amaral plays in the in the back three, but now that they get Josué Sá, that also made a very good match against Santa Clara. Pedro Amaral can play now on the wing, and that's where he, he plays best for me, and he can he can go more attacking and, and show all his football. Um, another thing Guga was missing in this match, it's uh, one of the most important players from the team, but I like very much the display of Miguel Baeza, the, the Spanish guy that played uh, in the middle of the park, former Celtic League player. Was also a very good display. Absolutely. Some other interesting um, results across the weekend. We saw Vizela beating Portimonense one nothing. Chaves settling for a one one draw against Estoril Praia, and the same result one one draw between Passos de Ferreira and Arauca. Um, one result though, I want to get to Famalicao in their first match under Joao Pedro Sousa, who uh, obviously was their coach in their successful return to the top flight in 2019-20. Joao Pedro Sousa taking charge of the club after a dismal start that saw them score just one goal in seven games. Tamalikau getting four goals in this 4-0 victory against Boavista, a Boavista side that are currently sixth in the table. Talk to me a little bit about this game. They really needed that Famalicao and uh, very impressive match as well from Jose Luis, Jose Luis Rodriguez, Panamanian winger, got a goal and two assists for his side. Um, arrived in the summer from Spanish second tier side, Sporting Gijón made his debut uh, two weeks ago off the bench, getting his start and making a massive impact. Talk to me a little bit about your impressions of the Panamanian. I was very curious with this match with the return of João Pedro Sousa, and when I saw the um, the starting lineup, uh, I wasn't sure if he will play with a back three because João Pedro Sousa sometimes play with a back three. So I was expecting a, a three four three, 
and they ended up playing in a 4-3-3 with Alexandre Penetra as right back. And for me, this was one of the most important things João Pedro Sousa made was using Penetra to completely um, take Gorrier off the game. Gorrier did nothing and Gorrier it's, uh, it's one of the most important players besides Makota and Paris. It's Gorrier that gets the speed, the vertical, it's the man that gets the ball up front and Penetra completely shuts off uh, Gorrier in this match. Puma Rodriguez, I didn't know him too I didn't know him very well, but I, I was very impressive, uh, impressed with uh, his display. He was a very vertical player, always looking to to get the ball to near the near Bovista goal. And I want to see more of of him because uh, I was uh, it was a fantastic display from him. Malika will be taking on Arauca at the weekend. Boavista, on the other hand, will be looking to respond against with a home match against Marichimo. Marichimo side that has picked up zero points. They have lost every single match so far, losing to Casapia 2-1 at the weekend. Can they get their four, first point of the season under Joao Henriques? Will be very interesting to see. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Andre. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on, my friend. Uh, feel free to plug your work. Any any last words you want to say? Uh, I know you, you will edit this, but um, in, the, in the sporting match, I want to add something. If you can then add to the that part. Now, going back to the final game of the weekend that we have yet to discuss, uh, Casapia against Marichimo. Casapia newly promoted side, playing top-flight football for the first time in 83 years, uh, getting a 2-1 win against Marichimo, who took an early lead from Bruno Chavez, and yet a goal and assist from Leonardo Lello uh, to give Casapia a 2-1 win. Personally, I thought Marichimo were very unlucky with the sending off from Vitor Costa, uh, one of the most undeserved expulsions I've seen for a while in Portugal. But Casapia... Uh, continuing their fantastic form and fantastic return to the top flight uh, under Philippe Martins. That is now three straight wins against Passos de Ferreira, Famalicao, and Marichimo, taking on Vizela next. Uh, currently fourth in the table behind Benfica, Braga, and Porto. Talk to me a little bit about this Casa Pia side. I think uh, Felipe Martins, the Casa Pia manager, showed another masterclass from his, the tactical points because even with uh, a man down, he always controlled um, Maritimo. Uh, Maritimo had uh, a few good moments on the first half, but I think their mentality right now with uh, zero points until now, they it's very hard to, to turn that uh, mentally. And uh, Philippe Martins made his team always, always control the, the wide and the, the central park. He, he played this time with uh, Romario Baró instead of Angel Net. Baró even got injured and, and was dropped. Um, the penalty, like you said, 
it's a very hard call from from the ref, but I think Casapia deserved this win, of course. Absolutely, Casapia. Plenty of players to keep an eye on, such as Takahiro Kunimoto, Saber Godwin. I want to talk a little bit about Leonardo Lello, though. Twenty-two years of twenty-two years of age, Portuguese player who's who's having a very good performance as a wing back. Talk to me a little bit about Lello. Do you think he could potentially have a big money move soon? I think he could. It could aspire for a, for a move to to a better team. Um, the, he, he was he's a, a very known player. Players that uh, people that play football manager should know him since he plays for Olianense a few years ago because. In football manager, he, he was already a good player. And then he went to Portimonense under 23 team. That's uh, it's uh, it's like a reserve team from Portimonense. And they they had a few good players there, like uh, Paulo Estrela, that is now on the starting 11 of, of Portimonense, for example, and Philippe Helver, that is also a, a starter from from Portimonense, and he was part of of that of of that team. He's a player that uh, is well known for for taking penalties. He was the the main penalty taker last year. I think he scored like six penalties. He gets also lots of assists. I think it's a a player to to keep an eye on. And Portugal have no problems in the in the left back position for for the future years with. Uh, with Lel, if if he gets uh, sooner or later a called up to to the national team. Just to finish off, let's just uh, talk a little bit more about Sporting's uh, week. Obviously, had a disappointing midweek result against Marseille, but bounced back from a loss uh, to Boavista with a win against Gil Vicente, thanks to goals from Pochinha, Pedro Gonçalves, and Hidamasa Morita. Fran Navarro getting a goal on the other end for Jill Vicente. Curious, what did you make of Jill's setup uh, defensively? I know they've had their some issues at the back under new manager Ivo Vieira, but what was your thoughts on their back three setup? I think that the, the international break was not good for Jill Vicente uh, because having time to, to think about the game, sometimes managers overthink. And I think that uh, that what uh, happened in in that match because Gil Vicente usually plays in a four two three one, and in this match they they played with a back five, and uh, Fran Navarro was uh, alone, and Fran Navarro is a fantastic player. I, you know if if he gets the chances he, he will score like like he, he did. But the back five uh, couldn't handle the the sporting uh, verticality, and they they suffered goals because of, of that. Um, the manager also, when noticed that, and it was too late, changed it back to to a back four. But it was too late for Gil Vicente to to get back in the game. Absolutely, it will be interesting to see. Uh, what happens on the weekend sporting of course are going to face Marseille midweek for that they are taking on Santa Clara in the Azores 
Um, Jill Vicente, on the other hand, have interesting run of games. We'll be hosting Estoril Praia uh, before visiting Chaves and then closing out October with a visit from Braga. Um, curious though, what have you made of Bra- what have you made of Jill Vicente's start to life under Ivo Vieira? Obviously, losing quite a few uh, important players such as. Samuel, Samuelino, Pedrinho, but I've kept hold of Fran Navarro, who is proving uh, to not be a one-season wonder, proving to be, in fact, one of the best strikers in Portugal. They get some some substitutes to to Pedrinho and, and Samuelino, like uh, experienced players like Pedro Tiba. And in this match, Gil Vicente went with uh, Murilo, that uh, is a player that was injured for eight months. I think it's it's too early to to play that much time in such an important match. You have a player like Juan Manuel Bozelli that they, they brought from Tondela. For me, he should be a starter in this match, in this important match. But the, the change in the back line to, to have a fifth player, they... The Ivo Vieira opted to to take one guy from from the front, and I think if they get back to the four two three one, they they can make much more and get a, a proper proper game to to give the ball to Fran Navarro to try to 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 win matches. Uh, another thing I want to say about Sporting is that Sporting is missing Coates and Pohu due to an injury in, in this match versus Gil Vicente. They played with José Marçá, which is also his, his debut at, uh, at um, official match from Sporting. I like it very much. Uh, Marçá game, he shows a, a lot of good passing, a lot of good build-up, and also the, the backheel pass from... Um, from Morita to Pedro Gonçalves' goal was after a long ball from Marçal. It was very interesting display from this this player that lacks a little bit of physicality. It's not a it's not strongly built like Coates, but it was very interesting. Absolutely, definitely think that Jose Sa could have uh, somewhat of a breakthrough, similarly to what we've seen under Antonio Silva at Benfica, um, but. You know, opportunities need to come. With Sebastian Coates, though, having some injury issues, I think that Marsa has a good pathway into the first team. Uh, without any further ado, thank you so much, Andre, for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure to have your insight. Uh, anything else you want to say? Thank you, Zach. The, the pleasure, it was mine. Um, keep up the good, world, the good work with breaking the lines, and we will talk soon. Absolutely.